The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Sea, and today we're going to talk about the simple voicemail script you can use to increase your callback rates. You're always making dials. It's a part of the sales game. Now, how can you make sure that they actually call you back with an effective voicemail? We're going to cover this and so much more. But before we do, I want to know where are you guys tuning in from? Throw it in the chat. I love to see these. We're usually worldwide. So let's see it. Let me know where you guys are tuning in from. I'm already seeing some of these in the chat. It's great. So welcome, Brandy from Iowa. We have Richard from Denver. Welcome. And Mike from Seattle. Great to see you guys here. Thank you so much for coming. Also, be sure to switch over your chat to everyone. So click that blue button for me and switch it over everyone. Now, today we have a very incredible speaker. We have Florian DeClunt. He is a client advisor over at the Vino Consulting Group, LLC. Now, Florian, why do you think it's so important to leave a voicemail? Well, thanks for the intro, Adrian. And uh, to keep it short, it's super important to leave a voicemail because... 80% of your calls are going to end up in voicemails, if not more. So if you don't have a proper voicemail script, a proper game plan to handle those, then you're going to miss out on 80% of your opportunities. So it's really important to have a proper voicemail to get callbacks and get those conversations started. All right. We got to get the conversations flowing as part of the game and you want to make sure you can move it to a deal. So let's start getting right into it. But before we do, I want to give a big shout out to our partners, Zoom Info, Be sure to check them out. Wouldn't be able to have this without them. So special shout out to them. Also, the drop of the day. We love to provide value. We're showing you all on March 23rd at 1 p.m. how to find more quality deals through your sales tech stack. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out. It's going to be an incredible show. And of course, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help with our daily sales show and our membership with instant access to training and resources. This membership is designed for individuals and full teams. So be sure to scan the QR code right here on the screen or be sure to check us out at sellbetter.xyz. Now, what are we gonna be covering? Before I ask though, I wanna know who is in the room. Do we have SDRs, do we have AEs, maybe some senior leadership or frontline managers? Be sure to fill this out. It helps me understand what questions to ask and what is most important to you all. So be sure to fill this out for me. So we're going to be covering how to make the most bad, I was going to say badass, but it is badass voicemail script. That way it actually connects with your buyer. And also we're going to show you how to leave a voicemail that shows that you're in control with your tone. And lastly, the what not to do on a voicemail. You know the do's, how about the don'ts? So we're going to cover that and so much more. So I'm seeing here that we do have a lot of SDRs and AEs. Florian, does this surprise you at all? Uh, not really, actually, because that's that's going to be most actionable for SDRs and AEs because those are the ones making the, the calls every day. So not surprised at all. Makes and it's great that they're here, actually. You know, they want to get better. Uh, they want to have their game, especially right now with the economy being what it is. It's super important to have every single edge you can get in order to to close a deal so that is so true so let's get right into it so we know that about 80 percent of cold calls go to voicemail 
It's part of the game. Why is this such a surprising statistic and what can we do to make it work in our advantage? Well, the thing is people are busy, right? I mean, during the day, people are in meetings, people are making phone calls themselves, uh, people are trying to do some deep work so they turn off their phones. So getting a hold of people is just going to be more and more difficult, uh, especially because they have just conflicting priorities. Um, so you're going to hit voicemail a lot more. Now, people, especially decision makers, they still need to review their voicemails because, you know, it might be an important call, it might be a client, it might be a supplier, it might be a potential partner. So you know that they're going to check their voicemails because of that. And uh, in order, but the thing is, they're going to get a seal of voicemails of random people. What you want is have a script, a framework to really stand out in the voicemails so that they know exactly who you are, what kind of value you provide, and how to get back to you as quickly as possible. I see. Now, I'm seeing that we have 51% of the room is SDRs, followed by 32% AEs, frontline manager seven, senior leadership seven. When it comes to this, especially those SDRs and AEs, should they be leaving a voicemail for every single call that doesn't answer? Well, put it this way. Uh, if you're calling off a list, like, you know, if you make a list for Zoom Info or like, you know, Sales Navigator or any tool out there, chances are you are targeting your ICP. Like the people that you're calling are part of your target audience, their decision maker, there's some people who can either initiate a deal or they can move a deal forward. So if you feel that you shouldn't leave a voicemail to these people because they're not relevant, because it's a waste of time or something, then you probably didn't put together the right list. Because if the people are on the list, that means that they can initiate or move a deal forward. And therefore, you should do everything you can in order to get their attention and get them on the phone. And so therefore, it's super important that you leave a voicemail to every single one of them because you just never know. You know, you might get a callback and for callback, my initiated deal that's worth several million dollars. We don't know. Okay. I would love to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat. If you guys leave a voicemail after every phone call, put a two if you don't. You kind of just leave them here and there. It depends on the on the prospect. All right, I'm seeing a lot of ones here. Some 1.5. Yeah, sorry, 1.5, yeah. <laughs> love to see this, guys. So a lot of twos. I see that people here are selective with who they're reaching out to. So let's talk about what you should do in a voicemail. So we got a, a slide here for you all. I know that you want to keep it short and relevant around less than 30 seconds and spring up the curiosity. What else should be included in the voicemail? So first thing, you need to understand the, the purpose of a voicemail. Like, what do you want out of a voicemail? Most people think of a voicemail as a pitch. Like, you know, you want to get people to... Uh, to learn more about your solution and then they give a callback and they want to buy from you. The purpose of a voicemail is to actually get a callback. And why? And so what's the question you ask yourself is, why would that person call me back? So first of all is because they listen to the voicemail. So if they see that the voicemail is two, three minutes long, they're not going to listen to it because they can't be bothered. You know, we're, we live in the edge of TikTok. So that's why it's super important to be short and making less than 30 seconds because that's going to increase the odds of the voicemail being checked out. But next, you want them to want to call you back. And how do you do that? You arouse curiosity. Why? Because curiosity is one of the biggest uh, biggest human drivers. Like, you know, how many times have we clicked on clickbait just because we wanted to see uh, what a celebrity looked like without makeup, you know, 
I'm, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, it works because it's, it's leveraged human nature. So if you can build curiosity, if you can arouse curiosity in your voicemail, then your odds of having a callback is going to, are going to be a lot higher. And then the last one is to make sure that you sound like a regular person and not just a salesperson. Because if you sound like a salesperson, like, you know, the super enthusiastic, cheesy person, or like, you know, you say that you work for XYZ company and you provide some uh, motors or something, then they're going to be like, okay, I'm going to call this person. And the first thing this person is going to do is pitch me. And no one, I haven't met a single person who likes being pitched. So if you come across as a salesperson, they're not going to call you back because they're not going to want to be pitched. So it's super important that you sound like that you are ambiguous about who you are. You could be a salesperson, you could be a third party, you could be a supplier, you could be a client. It's if they have to call you in order to find out. Okay. Now, I like how we talked about keeping it short. You want to really strike that chord of curiosity with your prospect. And lastly, you want to sound like it's just another person calling them. As maybe it's a friend, you never know, but you want to sound very genuine in how you're approaching this. What about what you shouldn't do? Right. I heard you say the word pitch a couple times. Why is that important that you don't pitch on the call? Well, a, a couple of reasons, but for, for the number one being, you know, going back to the fundamentals, why would they call you back if you, if you pitch them? I mean, you know, it goes back to the bias cycle. You know, if you take a hundred, hundred people in your target market, 3% are ready to buy now, 7% are considering it. And then 90%, you know, they're maybe not even aware that they have a problem. Mm. So if you pitch right away, you're only catering to those 3% who might be interested. And then on top of that, the pitch typically, a good pitch typically takes a long time. Like it's going to take more than 30 seconds, especially if your offer is complex or you're going to leave out like some key areas. So then you're going to end up with a longer voicemail, which is going to reduce your, your reply rate. So you want to make sure, uh, so you want to make sure that if you are to pitch, you want, you want to have them on the phone directly with you, or you want to have them in a actual demo meeting where, uh, you know, if there's actually a time block for it and where you can perform some discovery and you can also do some back and forth with them. Okay. These are great to do's and not to do's. Now I want to hear from our audience. Do you guys feel confident with leaving voicemails? Is this something that you feel like really gun ho about? You can do it. No problems asked, or are you a little bit afraid of what's going to come next? Whenever you hear that tone at the beep, I know I've been there. I'm like, what the heck am I going to say next? <laughs> so it sucks, but it happens. Let me know. Would love to see your answers. So I see Rod here in the chat is asking, callbacks would be nice, but the primary reason I have my team use voicemail is to let the customer know that they will be receiving an email and to expect a follow-up call. Do you have any thoughts on that point? That's a great question, actually, and it's it, it can work really well, uh, like you know, in, in multi-threading. Now, my, my my question would be: If you had the choice, would you rather talk to your prospect directly, or would you send them an email? Mm. Personally, I'd rather talk to them just because I can have a live interaction. I can see what they say, but also how they say it. Like, you know, I can get their tonality. I can see, like, are they distracted? Are they focused? Uh, are they uh, are they being polite, like, just politely listening to me, but they're not interested? Or are they actually 
actively listening to me. And because I have all those cues, then I can, I get more intelligence and I can challenge them more. You know, for example, if they say, oh, I'm not interested, you know, I'm just going to say, well, you don't sound too sure about, about not being interested. Like, you know, tell me more what's on your mind. And you can get that back and forth, which you can't get with email. So actually what I would do is to send an email saying, hey, I just left you a voicemail. Because then they would be like, okay, I'm going to check out the voicemail and then they will have a higher chance of calling you back. Because I think that the life, the face-to-face interaction, well, not face-to-face, like person-to-person interaction live on the phone or face-to-face is what you really want to go after. I see. You can definitely pick up on all those little nuances and, and, and those afflictions in their voice when it's an actual call as opposed to just an email. So that is a great point, Al. Now, I'm seeing here that our audience is actually mostly somewhat confident with the voicemails and the others are 30% super confident, 25% know they could definitely use some tips. Well, one of the biggest tips that we could provide is actually using a script. Now, one thing we talked about in the pre-call, you mentioned you should always have a script on hand in case you forget what you have to say. Have you found that this is actually improving your confidence when it comes to leaving a voicemail, Florian? No, definitely. Definitely. Because it's like, you know, you're you're a stage actor and instead of having to memorize the lines, you just have a teleprompter of like exactly what to say. So of course you need to have a good script, like maybe with some with some uh some prompts on what tone to use, how to say it, should you say it slow, should you say it quickly, or how do you finish a sentence? Uh but it's it's a great it's a great guide because you know it's very easy to get distracted if you are on long calling blocks for like one, two, three hours. You know, towards the end, you can get tired. It's easy to have a brain fart to forget something. So you always want to have that that crutch <laughs> to help you in case you forget. Okay. Now let's talk about the actual script. I know you had a great format here. It looks short and sweet. Is that on purpose? And why is this one work so well? Right. So I'm going to read it out first, and then I'm going to break down exactly why it works. Okay. Because it's very short, but it's actually very deliberate. So it starts with, so I'm, I'm going to say your name. So hello, Adrian, it's Florian. I'm calling in reference to Joe Rogan. Please give me a call back at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So first I say your name. So it's personalized. Then I say it's Florian. I don't say this is Florian. I don't say this is Florian with Bentley Consulting Group. I say it's Florian. So that way I, number one, I use it's. Therefore, you know, it sounds like I probably know you. It's much more informal than this is, right? I mean, when you call your friend, you just say, uh, hey, Adrian, it's Florian, or hey, Florian, it's Adrian. You don't say this is Adrian. That would sound weird to your friend. <laughs> so it's a very, it's a very same thing. It, you build familiarity just by changing this. Then I don't put where I'm calling from because I want to keep an ambiguity. Because if they identify me as a supplier or potential supplier, then I'm going to sound like a salesperson. Mm. So here, they don't know I could be, I could be a customer, I could be a partner, I could be a lawyer, I could be a potential employee, I could be a podcast host, I could be anything. I could be a salesperson also, and I am a salesperson, <laughs> but they don't know that. They don't know that yet. And then I'm calling in reference to current customers. So this would be one of my current customers. Uh, so someone that I'm serving that's related to them. So let's say, so why do I say Joe Rogan? Because, you know, you're a podcast host. Joe Rogan is a podcast host. So you're like, okay, if Joe Rogan is doing something and if there's something up with him, I probably want to know. 
like I could even have narrowed it down more into like sales podcasters. You know, if I if I have a customer who is in sales podcasting business, then I would I would definitely mention them as my reference because I know that will catch your attention. I see. And then please give me a call back at one two three four five six seven eight nine ten seven nine zero. So you see, I also don't tell them what I'm calling about. The only way for them to find out is to call me back. Now the thing is. The mistake that most people make, and I know we're going to talk about mistakes after, but I'm kind of uh, getting ahead of it a little bit, is people will only leave one voicemail. And then, oh, it's not working. Uh, you know, uh, Florence is telling, is telling BS. Why is he even on a podcast? The thing is, is to do it repeatedly. You want to do it every two days until they pick up, the until they call you back. Because imagine you have someone who shows up leaving this voicemail. Okay, hello Adrian, it's Florian. I'm calling you reference to Joe Rogan. Please give me a call back at one two three four five six seven eight nine. Okay. So like direct tone, stern tone, downward tone so that you sound confident, but also very matter of fact. Like, you know, kind of the um uh aircraft controller kind of voice, like you know, very, very neutral. And the, f the thing is if you keep getting this voicemail every two days, at one point you're gonna have some sort of FOMO. Because like he's talking about like one of my competitors. I want to know what's up with this guy. I probably give him a call. What do I have to lose, right? And so that's how you get the callback is by doing it on a regular basis every two, three days until uh, you either get a callback or then you can also multi-thread into a different uh, into a different channel. You know, you can send a couple emails or you can um, you can go into the DM into the LinkedIn DMs. I love this, and the fact that it's short and sweet really drives the point home. Uh, you want to just hook your prospect, have them be very curious, and then want to call you back. Now, I'm seeing Carolyn here. We're about to get to Q&A very soon. So if you guys have any questions, throw them in the Q&A. We will get to it. So I actually see her write a question here that I want to reference now. She says, the reference customer bid is not very clear to me yet. So you reference the name of a customer who's in the same industry, mm -hmm. or how can leverage, how can I leverage this well? Right. So that's a good question. Uh, so it depends on who you're calling and uh, what your portfolio customers are. Is So for example, like to keep it very simple, imagine that you are serving fast food joints. Like, you know, you have a order, uh, orders taking software. Your biggest client is Burger King and you want to get into McDonald's. So you're going to say, uh, uh, hey, Adrian, it's Florian. I'm calling in reference to McDonald's. Please give me a call back at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If you are in the, uh, if you're servicing uh, car manufacturers uh, and your biggest customer is Toyota, you're going to call GM and say, uh, hey, it's Florian. Uh, hey, Adrian, it's Florian. I'm calling in reference to Toyota. Please give me a call back at 123-456-7890. Because the thing is, these people want to know what their competitors are doing. So the moment you pick a competitor that's part of your customer portfolio, because they want to know what they're doing, they're going to give you a call back just to know what they're up to. I see. So you're really striking a chord with them. Now, what about if you don't have their competitor as a customer? Let's say you're reaching out to a new demographic, a new you know ICP that you're really just trying to break into, but you want to leave this, this personability uh, note. Can you still do it without them being your customer? Right. So one thing you can do here is you can... Uh, well, you can do two different ways. You can either pick a 
a company that's in your customer portfolio that is related to it. So one example that uh, I did uh, a while ago was we were targeting uh, food companies, like companies making food, and we were using and we had worked with a a company that was making dog food, like one of the biggest dog food brands in the world. So it was it wasn't exactly the same industry, but it was related enough so it was like relatable. They could it was pretty much the same problem, just a different industry. And so we were using them as a case study. Is it as potent? No, but it's close enough. The second thing is to use a a company that's well known. Uh, that, that's uh, prominent. So also, you know, you want to make sure that it's a company that's relatable in terms of size. So for example, if you're targeting startups and you say, I work with Google, then they'll be like, yeah, that's something for Google. I'm too small for that. That's not relevant to me. Uh, so you want to uh, target, you want to mention your customer, which is the most prominent, which is the highest profile, but that's still relatable to the person you're contacting. I see. I see. So you want to make sure it's in the same realm that they live in, right? Exactly. Okay. And they can actually relate to it. That's great to know. Now I see Leia here asking in the chat, I've tried using the cheeky voicemails and when they call back and realize I'm a salesperson, they just hang up. Do you have any mm -hmm. guidance for me? Well, like a cheeky voicemail, meaning like you're, you're leaving a joke or something. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the context, but that's a great question is what happens when you call back, right? Because, you know, you, you're getting callbacks and what's what's the procedure for that? And typically it's just about, it's, it's just, you know, sounding as natural as possible, but in a much friendlier tone. So, you know, you'd be something like, hey, thank you so much for, for, uh, for calling me back. The reason I called originally was because I work with Vendley Consulting Group uh, and I work with, um, I work with Joe Rogan, providing him with, uh, AI powered uh, editing software for his podcast. I thought he would be super uh, helpful for you because it allows him to have perfect sound sounding podcasts without any uh, any editing. Uh, I would love to show you how I can help you. Uh, how about Thursday at eight? So again, I made it up, but that would be roughly how it sounds like. You have to practice it in order to sound as natural as possible. But the thing is, the moment they're calling you back, their guard is down because they're not, uh, you know, they're the one calling you, they're a bit confused, they're not 100% sure what's going on. And so that's where you can actually tell them exactly what you do, uh, what solution you provide, what results you do for their competitor, and offer a, uh, a next step, like, how about we meet on Thursday 8? You know, I really like how you're not even mentioning, oh yeah, I'm calling from this company, and that's that, which is usually mm -hmm. their go-to response. I like how instead you're providing, hey, this might be familiar to you or it might be of interest to you, and this is how I solve for it. That's why I gave you a call. So it's immediately tailored to their needs right off of the answer of the call instead of going representing your company and then they realize it's a sale and then, then they're just completely turned off by the idea. Exactly. At the end of the day, you want to think what's in it for them. Like why would they call back and why would they listen to you? Like they don't want to listen to me because I'm from Bentley Consulting Group. They want to listen to me because I can help them solve a problem, and that's that's the key. Uh, that's the key thing. And the moment you say, and, and it's also remember when they call you, their guard is down. So you want to maximize their advantage, your advantage. 
if you say, oh yeah, it's Florian with Vendly Consulting Group, then they're like, oh, shoot, it's it's a sales pitch. Immediately. Immediately. So if you just pounce and you just say, okay, yeah, the reason I called was because I helped, uh, I helped Joe Rogan do X, Y, and Z, and I thought it would be helpful for you, then your pitch is through before the defenses are up. And so you made your point and then it, they get, it gets them thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll need it. Yeah, maybe I should agree to a meeting with him. All right. Fantastic. Now, I know one of the best ways to leave a voicemail is to do it very confidently and in a very controlled tone. Can you go over these tone tips for me? We have a little bit of time left here. So let me know, why, is he, why are these important? Right. So when you are on a phone, people can't see you. So the only way they can assess who you are, what you do, and how good you are is number one with what you say and number two with how you say it. So if you sound like a robot, they're going to be, you know what, this person just reading from a script, they don't care about their job, they just say the same thing to everyone. I'm not going to even bother with this person. This person is not worth my time. Mm -hmm. So you have to be natural. Why do you need the downward tonality? So downward tonality is, so for example, hello, I'm Florian. See, my tone goes down at the end of the sentence. Not hello, I'm Florian, where you're kind of inviting a question. Because it's assertive and it sounds like you know what you're talking about. And you are in control of the conversation. You're not asking for permission. You kind of assertively say, hey, I got something for you. Call me back. You're not giving them the choice. And so that's very important because it just shows that you are in control and you know what you're talking about, which is ultimately one of the biggest factors well, why people would want to talk to you because people want to talk to people who know their, who know their stuff. And then you want to sound calm because if you don't sound calm, if you sound all excited, now even if you're like genuinely excited in a good way, like, oh my God, I'm talking to, I'm cold calling Elon Musk, that's, that's amazing. Well, yeah, but you don't want to buy from people who are overly excited. You want to, especially in the B2B segment, and especially if what you're providing costs five, six figures, you know, like those are serious decisions. So you don't want to buy from uh, from a random cheerleader. You actually want to buy from someone who is calm and can walk you through exactly the, uh, the discovery and the process of how to use the platform to assess whether it's the right fit for you. Okay. Now, I know you had a great exercise around improving your tonality. Can you break this down for me in about a minute? Sure. So, uh, so it's an exercise that comes from public speaking and it's called the conductor. So what you need is a deck of cards and you remove the jacks, the kings and the queens. Uh, what you do is for, so you take your script. So you can do it for a voicemail, you can do it for your sales script, you can do it for a presentation, it doesn't really matter. Or you can even do it while reading a book. And you draw a card. If you draw an ace, you make it a very soft tone, almost like you're whispering. If you draw a 10, you make your best impersonation of Tony Robbins because this is awesome. And the thing is, you just go through the deck of cards and you go through of the book you're reading, or you go through your pitch, or you go through your voicemails, drawing one card at a time for each sentence. And why it will sound super weird, because you know, you might go from super quiet to like super excited, like in one sentence to another, is going to make you work on your range of tonality. And so the moment that you actually do it live, it's going to sound a lot more natural for you uh, to 
practice uh, saying the voicemails or s executing your script with a variety of tones and it's going to make it a lot more engaging it's going to make it more natural and it's going to make you stand out phenomenal i love this guys make sure to write this down use a deck of cards to practice your tone it's such a genius idea use them like a number scale if you draw a 10 get loud and then actually project your voice so that people can actually hear it on the voicemail and it'll train your own voice and how you can control it on a call so love that now, Florian, before we end here, where can the people find you? Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I have been quiet for a while. I'm going back at it next month. Uh, so that's the best place to find me. I hang out every day. Uh, you will, can also uh, find our book. So the book from my uh, boss, Marcus Chan. He was on the podcast, I believe, earlier this month. Uh, and you can find it at venly.co forward slash book, and you can get it for free. You just have to cover shipping and handling. Fantastic. And you will get the link in the comments. Amazing. Be sure to check it out. We dropped the link in the comments here. Click it, get a free book, and follow Florian. He's a phenomenal. He's always posting uh, tons of content around sales, so be sure to check it out and this book. Now, we do have time for one last question here. And Manuel asks, how many times should you be leaving a voicemail to a prospect? Uh, it really depends on your own judgment, but personally, I would do it at least three times. Uh, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three times in one week. And then I would uh, I would just try another another channel to to get to the... Okay. It, it really depends on... You know, it really depends on also how many prospects you're pursuing. If you're pursuing, you know, 20 prospects, then you, you should probably leave voicemails as many times as necessary to get a callback. If you're pursuing 2,000 of them, then, you know, it's more for game of numbers. So you, so you can just leave three of them and then move on. All right. Perfect. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Florian. And remember, use a script, practice your tonality, and start making those dials. And thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you later. <laughs> Take care.